dwell in have I I have not lived in a house since that day that brought up the people of Israel from Egypt to this day but I have been moving about in a tent in my dwelling in all places where I have moved with all people of Israel did I speak a word of any of the judges of Israel whom I commanded shep to shepherd my people Israel saying why have you not built me a house of cedar therefore thus you shall say to my servant David thus says the Lord of hosts I looked I took you from the pasture from following the sheep that you should be a prince over my people and I have been with you wherever you went and have cut off all of your enemies before you I will make for you a great name like the name of the great ones on of the earth and I'll appoint a place for my people and I will plant them so they may dwell in their own place and be disturbed no more and violent men shall sacrifice them no more as formerly from the time that I appointed the judges over my people of Israel and I'll give you rest from your enemies moreover the Lord declares that you are the Lord who will make a house when your days are fulfilled and you lie down with your fathers I will raise you up or raise up your offspring after you who shall come from your body I will establish his kingdom he shall build a house for my name and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever He, when he commits iniquity, I will discipline him from the rod of man and with the stripes of the son of man, but my steadfast love will not depart from him. As I took from Saul, whom I put away before you, and your house and your kingdom shall be made sure forever before me. In accordance with all these words, in accordance with all this vision, Nathan spoke to David. So this covenant explains that God will make David's name great, violence will cease against that nation, and God will give him rest from the enemies. Um, the Lord will make David a house. He will raise up David's offspring. That will be uh, King Solomon. And he will establish his kingdom. Um, he will be disciplined, but God's love will never leave him. With this covenant, Israel is now in a position of power thanks to God working through David. David will replace Saul as king. He has proven himself a warrior for God, and he also practices worship in Jerusalem. The ark will be stored in a tent that David built for it. <clears throat> so, those were the four um, covenants that were written. Like, what are you doing? Uh, that was, okay, so those are the four covenants that we, the first four covenants I wanted to discuss, they were the ones that God had kind of built with the Old Testament people, the, old, the, the foundation of his um, love for us, that every time that there was something going on, God wanted to step in and say, okay, I want, I want you to be with me. Here's my covenant. Here's my promise. Um, just come back to me. Just serve me. Just follow these commandments. Just be a part of this. And it was, it was this back and forth dialogue of God wanting to be with his people. From the beginning, mankind has turned their back on the Lord, and the covenant is the way that he was using to plan to bring, him, bring us back to him. So in Jeremiah 31, um, this is the new covenant, the final covenant that's in the Old Testament. Um, this scripture, when I first read it, kind of blew my mind, and I, I tend to like get off on little tangents and make stuff into more than it is, so I had to ground myself a couple times. Um, but I think that if we 
wanted to, we could probably tear this next verse apart for like six weeks. <laughs> um, but I really love what's, what it's saying, and, I, and, it, and there's so much going on. So I, as we read this, I'm going to try and read it correctly because I don't read good. Um, so <laughs> try, and, uh, try and pick out anything that might be significant in this new covenant. So this is Jeremiah 31, 31 through 36. Okay, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day that when I took them up by the hand to bring them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my heart with it, or I will put my law within them. And I will write it on their hearts. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for they shall know me. From the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sins no more. If we scroll down to the end, or to the last verse there, 36, I think it is. Behold, the days are coming when the declares the Lord when a city shall be rebuilt for the Lord from the tower of Hanel to the corner gate and the measuring line shall go out farther straight to the hill of Gareb and shall return to Goa the whole valley of the dead bodies and ashes and all the fields are fields as far as the brook Kindron to the corner of the horse gate toward the east shall be sacred to the Lord it shall not be plucked up or overthrown anymore. Like I said, I think we could spend hours unpacking this. There's a few key points, though, to, to remember or to consider. In this verse, he says, God will put his law on our hearts. He says that he will be our God. And I thought the part that, that really blew me away was the part that to think it's crazy to think that people will no longer teach each other, their neighbors, their brothers, for everyone will know him. From the greatest to the least, he will forgive their iniquities. So it feels out of a job. That's not what that means. I, th that, I was going down that road for a while there. But that, I mean, what it means, I mean, obviously there's verses in scriptures we talk about iron sharpens iron, but what this is, is this is prophecy of the Holy Spirit. The book of Jeremiah is covered and filled full of Jesus. But what this is, is this is prophecy of the Holy Spirit when he says, I will be their God and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, know the Lord. They all shall know me. From the greatest to the least. Declares the Lord. This is prophecy of the Holy Spirit. This is prophecy of... Uh, Jesus to come. So has this new covenant taken place? Has it developed? Can we see anywhere in the New Testament where is where this new covenant has been established? One of the key things about this is that it points out that through God, the Holy Spirit is accessible. 
from the beginning, God has been working on us. And he never stops. So, with that new covenant, there is a place in the New Testament where we can see this come, come together. In, uh, actually, in Luke 22. So, we're going to read this first. But, or we're going to read this, but first let's uh, prepare uh, for communion. Those of you that have been, or that are guests here today, um, this is open to you. Um, we are not, we are not God. Um, your relationship between you and the Father is between you and the Father. Um, that being said, um, let me get that because I'm doing the sound too. Oh, Rick, it got it back there. Good job, brother. <laughs> So, so this is important. So, um, take a moment and reflect on what this covenant really is. What take a, uh, the communion's all about? Um, this is about the blood and the body of Christ, uh, and not to be taken lightly. So, um, if you'd like to come up, grab the elements, and then once everybody gets the elements.
was working on this message earlier in the midweek. Um, I'm bringing this up because I want everybody to be aware of how God works all the time and how everything works. I had this scripture planned and uh, I had I was working on my message. I had no idea what the episode was going to be until yesterday. hour came, he reclined at the table, and the apostles with him, and he said to them, I have earnestly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer, for I tell you, I will not eat it until it is fulfilled in the kingdom of God, and he took the cup which he had given, and he had said, this, take this, divide it among yourselves, for I tell you that from now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took the bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given to you. Do this in remembrance of me. And likewise, the cup, after they had eaten, saying, this is the cup that poured out for you, that is poured out for you, is the new covenant in my blood. Isn't it amazing that the God of the universe wants you? He wants to have a relationship with him. He wants you to have a relationship with you. And he gave his son for us to be back in his presence. So, Father, we, um, we're just thankful that you never give up on us. We're thankful that it, ta- that it took, <laughs> or that, you, that even though it took five covenants, that you still came and you still saved us. That there was always hope regardless of how we felt. And there is always hope regardless of how we feel. Father, again, we just, um, we're, we ask that you be with Ukraine. We don't understand it. We're not sure even really what the point or what's going on, Father, but we just pray that you, um, you are present. Father, as we go forward, I pray that covenants are established every day between us and you. 
there is a renewing of our relationship that we can seek you out daily and that we feel your presence daily. God, I pray that the church knows how much you love us, how much you want the best for us. Help us with our sin, Lord. Help us to be holy because you are holy. We love you, Father. And in Jesus' name we pray.